0: Calling all listeners, we have some exciting news. Dr. Kate, beloved friend of the pod and actual gynecologist uh, is gonna be coming back to our podcast and we are collecting all the questions just like last time. So we've been storing them up from past episodes but if you have burning period questions, please uh, send them to us you can send them to our hotline 9106 uterus email us at viciouscyclepodcast cycle podcast at gmail.com or get on our instagram dm us with a question because um, we you know have a great resource and we should ask her all of our questions now enjoy this episode
1: Everyone and welcome to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm one of your cobloes, Meg Hayes, and I'm one of your cobloes, Meg Two,
2: and I'm one of your cobloes. I almost said Meg Elston. <laughs> <laughs> That is the name of my sister. I am Kate Elston. There are not three Megs on this program, <laughs> but one day
1: there really will heavy. be. That's right. <laughs> We've actually decided, Kate. Okay, once you go on your maternity leave, your sister will be replacing you. Um, That'd be uh,
2: that would be fantastic. <laughs> I would. We
1: should do that. <laughs> um, Meg
2: Elston is so not ready to share about her period. <laughs> on this show. I can guarantee you that.
1: Hi, Meg. Calling. We love Meg. you. Meg. Call Meg. 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 Oh my God. That would be so funny. A Meg takeover. We're, and we know so many more megs. Yeah. Ugh. You could have
0: like 6 megs on probably. We know an aggressive so, amount of megs.
1: Uh we're so excited to have a return guest with us. We're just going to get right into it. Uh today we are talking to Amanda Rosenberg, author, comedian, friend extraordinaire. As uh, she came to chat with us last season? Season two or three? There have been so many. Um, she came to chat with us about her um, mental illnesses. S-s-s. She's got quite a few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, spoiler alert, she has a new one. <laughs> um, ding, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's a whammy. Um, but Amanda <laughs> is the amazing author of this book called That's Mental, which is a set of kind of like short essays compiled like about her life. Today we get super funny about <laughs> PMDD, the premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is um, this, you know, fun uh, disorder that you get, which is that you get super duper extra depressed when you're in your period. Um, Did we mention this is going to be fun? We do make it fun. There are at least
2: three times it's fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Amanda. uh, We talk about the relationship between her bipolar two and her PMDD. Um, We try to put our signature analogies on, you know, the cocktail of mental health (laughs) uh, disorders that she's uh, walking around with, and we're super duper excited. To chat with our buddy Amanda, yes, yes. Uh, and we actually have a Blistener phone call about her experience with PMDD. So we're just gonna get right to it, right? Yeah. Well, we'll play. Let's play for, before we do all the heavy stuff. I thought we would play a fun
2: phone call first. Nice. Um, and that Blistener that calls in, uh, that'll be after Amanda's episode. But yeah, we had a Blistener call in and also message us and share about her struggle with PMDD. So l- just. Just stay tuned for some really, really interesting conversations about mental health. And I, I mean, I guess content warning up top. Like we do, really get into some stuff. Um, so just be aware of that, listeners. Discussion of um, suicide
0: and self harm,
2: suicide ideation, self harm. So just be aware of that. Um, but the the Amanda is so amazingly brave and open. And this caller that called in too was so awesome. So um, we'll get all t- to that. But first, I wanted to play you guys. So in our last episode. We got on a tangent about, um, like, early 2000s uh, computer habits. Oh, sure, yes. yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Meg with her saving her dragons to her Microsoft Word, yeah, Meg forget. sharing lyrics in a uh, notes doc, and oh myself my sharing Simpsons audio files onto <laughs> a floppy. Um, oh my God. Which are all sentences that are totally obsolete. We really need to write a
1: spec script for Pen 15, like hard, pure. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway,
2: so we had a listener who must be of our age call in and leave a similar, uh, wanted to share her computer story. So here yes. that is.
3: Yes. Love yes. It. Hey, Vicious Cycle, I, uh, just started your news episode about ovaries and I had to call in after you shared stories about the what you did on your family computer, because I have one I want to share. So we had, uh, one of the, like, it feels like such an original OG Apple computer, gray plastic on the outside. It, i don't think it even could connect to the internet um it truly was just for like our air quotes essays that we wrote <laughs> in middle school um and so eventually our family got one of those like round bubbly mac computers so cool. you know, Very that cool. had like the colors and like the big hump on the back oh, and so i got that original old gray plastic <laughs> mac in my room And I, like, I lost my mind. I was so happy. But, again, it didn't connect to the Internet. So what I did, I remember this so vividly. I made this clip art. I got very into clip art. And I made one. I found this image of an elephant. Made this elephant, decorated it around. It was purple on the back. And I wrote, I love elephants, no. and I figured out how to turn that clip art into a background, but I could only do it if it was tiled, so the background of my little computer was I love elephants as a tile pattern over and over and over, like the busiest backdrop you could imagine on my computer and i don't know it's just i remember it so clearly and it's so (sighs) embarrassing now and um yeah hard to share um i would love to see meg's um dragon document Uh, that really really sparked some joy within me but anyway (laughs) thank you bye
0: sounds like we could have been kindred friends oh god i
2: I love love elephants
1: clip art amazing my mom so my mom um worked at a college for many many years and and um was in charge of club sports so I think she had to like make a lot of flyers for her job Mm -hmm. so we had I don't know 20 cds worth of clip arts like (laughs) 2,500 images like in a booklet of cds so I because um... you never know what kind of clip art you're going to need. Is it
2: recreational? <laughs> Is it environmental? Is it zoological? The,
1: I mean, the categories, just the categories. <laughs> God, I wonder if we still have that. I would not be surprised.
2: Well, thank you, Bliss. I love these. I love the tales of like preteen usage of early two thousands computer media because it intersects when we were all getting our period too. So true. Yes. Okie dokie. So, great. Um, thank you so much, listener. And as always, anyone else, call us if you, even if you're not a millennial like us, if you're Gen Z or Gen X or yeah. if
1: you're a boomer. What is if- your version of Windows 97?
2: What's your early, yeah, your early gateway <laughs> experience?
1: I know that, um, did you guys ever have the game
2: Mad Dog McCree or something? It was for Sounds- Windows 95. It was a, like a live shoot 'em up Western game. Um, but it was like with live actors it was kind of it was kind of cool um but my mom to this day she would play it with us and she said that's how she learned how to use a mouse because you had to point your mouse and shoot people (laughs) (laughs) amazing in the wild west anyway call us in if you have a funny story we'd love to hear from you 9106 uterus wow and with
0: that let's get to amanda listeners we are privileged we are honored we're so happy to have a return guest in the studio today, a dear friend, a writer, um, and an inspiration, uh, Amanda Rosenberg, here with us in the virtual flesh. It's like so good to have you back. I love return guests.
2: Yes, me too.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm very honored. I'm very honored to be on this. I was
1: very excited all day to laugh
4: i opened i
1: that's so much i make the mistake (laughs) of like checking the news i hardly even read the news i just read a headline and then go back to bed but like the headline today was like we're just getting started baby coronavirus is just starting and i was like at least i can talk to the girls tonight and laugh
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of all we have anymore
4: I can't wait till people learn what the topic is. I know, I, I know. know. I know. Yeah. Get
1: ready to laugh. I like, can't cool. wait. Let's look over this To research. slap my thigh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit about why we brought Amanda in. Um Amanda suffers 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 right is that recently diagnosed diagnosed and suffers yeah (laughs) uh from pmdd which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder this is something that we've all talked about before but kind of like that happens what Mm -hmm. um and actually if you go back and listen to uh our my favorite menstrual murder episode from season three we talk about like the disorder in true crime which is crazy so i'm really glad to have amanda here to like really talk about it um so yeah there's a lot to cover so amanda like tell us about um how you knew you have it and what the what yeah what it's like and how are you <laughs>
1: All the yeah, i feel <laughs> yeah. like how are you? i feel yeah. like actually my first question for amanda is why is depression so obsessed with you <laughs> <laughs> and like why is depression trying to make fetch happen when it's not going to happen? That's like Honestly,
4: honestly, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. The thing the the journey to getting diagnosed with PMDD was long and arduous because I am also bipolar too. So um which means that I I suffer from uh frequent kind of long periods, like depressive episodes, um, also often like bouts of, of hypermania. So it's it's very hard to diagnose yet another mental illness on top of that, because people will just assume that it is your existing mental illness. So after I gave birth to my daughter, I developed um something called postpartum thyroiditis, which is a relatively uh rare thyroid condition that fucks with your hormones. That subsequently plunged me into postpartum psychosis. I don't know why I l- I laughed there. I'm so sorry. Um so, uh, so many stories, but you know none
1: of them funny. <laughs> Meg Hayes
4: wanted to laugh. So here we are. Uh I I was experiencing postpartum psychosis for about seven months. And at seven months postpartum, I got my period again. Um, and it was different. And I think I talked about this last time. Last time I talked to you guys was at November 2019. And even then, I didn't realize what I had going on because I assumed and uh, doctors assumed that this was just Bipolar 2. And that's a problem that I've had with every part of um, pregnancy and uh, childbirth and postpartum and, and many other things is that people just assume that it's bipolar 2. You can't have, like, it, it can't really be any other thing because the symptoms are so similar. But there are points of differentiation. Anyway, so around the time that I started getting my period again, I would find that for about ten to two weeks before my period, I would become severely depressed. And I have a, I, you know, I have a very long history with depression, um, but this felt very different. And if you're someone who suffers from depression you will know that there are definitely different flavors of depression different shades of depression that you can experience Um, you can be high functioning so you can be out and about you can be laughing with friends you can be you know doing whatever and you can still be depressed you can have the depression that you can't get out of bed and you can't do anything all day you can have the depression that is irritability it's you know there's no one form of it so I recognized because I've been depressed for a long time that this was this was fancy. This was a fancy. This is a new strain. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know, what is High this? Highfalutin depression. Ooh, ooh, yeah, spicy. <laughs> if you
2: had okay, so you're saying it was spicy. I, I was, was going to th- say if you had to classify the taste of it.
4: I can't. Like it's really hard to describe. But once you experience it, you just go, hmm, that's new. Hmm. That's new. What's so this? so coriander. Yeah, I just kind of felt it, but even in my mind, um, from being gaslit from the medical community for so long, I was like, wow, that's just, that's just how it is for a bipolar two person. That's just, this is just how it is now. Where it changed for me is uh, when it came to suicidal ideation. So the same thing with depression I've had suicidal ideation for a very long time. And my, my relationship with suicidal ideation is, uh, is, is a complex one. I think about suicide all the time. But a lot of that time, it's not in a scary way. This is what I find really hard to talk about, suicidal ideation, because even the word suicide, people are like, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 what's happening here? You know, like, do you need help? Do you know? And uh, no, I don't need help. I just think about it all the time. Sometimes it's very soothing to me to think about it, and that's hard for people to hear. And I understand that, but that's, you know, that's why I'm talking about it now. But sometimes when I think of of dying, it it feels good to me. And again, it's actually not dying per se. I do not I do not fantasize about death. I just fantasize about not being I think about how amazing it would be to unbe. Wow. And that's very different to, to death. That's very different to um, methods and danger. Mm-hmm. So, when it came to PMDD, when it came to these like two weeks, 10 days before my period, I would start thinking about methods, danger, death. And I thought, well, that's quite violent because I, because, you know, historically, I mean, yeah, I've had, I've had two attempts, but for the most part, my suicidal ideation is kind of languishing just in my mind all the time. This felt just very, very violent. And I, this is weird to say, but my suicidal ideation is normally quite soft. It's quite nurturing to me. And it kind of felt like, bam, like something has like come in and and uh, it again, it was just like another flavor of suicidal ideation. But you know, but uh, but again, what do you, do you you never you you never go, hmm, I guess this is something to do with my period. No. Like you never
1: Especially because it's like, happening that never
4: occurs to you. Two
1: up to two weeks before. It's like the last thing on your mind. It's the last thing yeah. you're thinking it's, about. It's
4: exact exactly. And that's why. I mean, I, I mean, I researched this and this is like an old, this is from like 2011, but I still believe it to be true now that 90% of PMDD cases go undiagnosed because how on earth are you meant to catch this?
2: People can't, people aren't even keeping track of their periods all often. Right. So to then have to go, oh, two weeks before that.
4: Exactly. And people who have periods will have the similar symptoms. Of like PMS, mm-hmm. right? Like depression and like fatigue and like all this kind of stuff. And then on top of that, I have bipolar too. So there was just no way for me to to, to like to recognize or acknowledge any of this. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, I just wanted to to give some context to this too. So I it's really surprised me when I was reading this that this disorder. Um, uh, is like you said 15% of people with PMDD have attempted suicide according to a BBC article so that's not even like ideation that's crazy
4: to mm-hmm. me yeah and that's so scary um it's it is it is terrifying and there's other things that d- the differentiate uh PMDD from PMS that and this is coming from my experience for me uh it was definitely kind of like the the very urgent nature of my suicidal ideation. There was an urgency to it where before it was just, as I said, it was just kind of, you know, my, my normal, you know, your garden variety, suicidal ideation. <laughs> but this, this was like, it's go time. It's go time. Wow. Um, wow. But also I had a lot of rage and anger, which again, PMS, that's, you know, par for the course, I also had just debilitating uh, depression, like not being able to to get out of bed and uh, not eating. Uh, I wouldn't eat for like a week. And I think what they say, like in the research that I've done is that with PMDD, like the difference is that it prevents you from working or from yeah. being in like day to day. um a lot of people with PMS can, like, can go to work. It's tough. It's rough. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they can, you know, participate as, as, a, as a person in society. But with PMDD, it just, it knocks you out for two weeks and then you have your period. And then and it goes away. Like it, it, it goes away. in that moment? Yeah. So wow. it goes away during my period. And then after my period, I just get to enjoy my normal depression and suicidal ideation. So for a month, <laughs> I'm just all the way depressed wow. and wow. suicidal. Yeah. So I started to, to, to notice this. And what I did was I started to track these symptoms um, in the period tracker. And I presented wow. them to my psychiatrist, um, and she was the one who was able to to diagnose me.
1: I'm kind of amazed you figured it out because it feels like it would be so sneaky and just hide under your
4: bipolar too. I mean it. Yeah, it has been, <laughs> it has been for a long time. But I think a, a lot of the things that tip me off is because it's hormonal, right? And because my postpartum just completely fucked. My thyroid and the hormones, and I went through so so many tests and so many uh, scans and all that bullshit. And I understand how ninety percent get you know undiagnosed because you just don't know. But because I had such a, a a rough time postpartum with my hormones with my thyroid, that I just thought like you know maybe I didn't know about PMDD. I was just like. I remember saying to my psych- psychiatrist, "I think my periods are getting worse. Hmm. Like I thought my pe- the period itself was getting worse." Um, so yeah, that was that was my kind of take on it. So
1: this wasn't happening before your pregnancy. No,
4: I was just normal mental, cool, right?
1: <laughs> Regular mental,
2: um, cause, classic. Because th- there's a so yeah, you said it was um, like hormonal. What I read was like, I don't know exactly what this means, but that it's a suspected cellular disorder that like contributes to the reaction, like the, that reacts negatively to the rise and fall of estrogen and progesterone. And it, that it might be like a genetic thing, but that it worsens around like Big events. reproductive yeah. events. So pregnancy, birth, miscarriage, perimenopause. And we've read, we've heard a lot from people that I would say most of the people that we talked to, I remember Meg's mom said this. I think Carla may have said this that, like, after childbirth, their periods chilled out and got better. So it's so crazy that it's so different for everybody.
4: Mm, It's literally so
2: different. It's just like a hard reset of your body. And, like, when it boots back up, it's like a whole new machine. Because my mom's did not get better. Yeah,
4: so I am totally changed on a cellular level, which is fun. So cool. You know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) And I feel definitely very lucky. Um, I'm I'm lucky to have a psychiatrist, medication, healthcare, but um, I am lucky to be diagnosed because it will send you insane. I felt insane, or should I say more insane than I normally am because... I just thought, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, wh- like, what is going on? And a lot of people go through this and, and they don't know. And I, I remember, God, I, I can't even say this sentence, but... Let it out. It I remember me. tweeting about it. <laughs> I, I tweeted about it, you guys. No, I <laughs> tweeted about it. And um, yeah, a lot of people in the replies saying, I didn't know this was a thing. I think that I have this. And I was there... And normally, I don't diagnose people, but I was just like, "You probably do. <laughs> like I want people to to know and to and to check because you can spend a lot of your life thinking that you know you're insane because um, it really it does prevent you from doing anything, and especially if you're someone who uh, like has a mental illness, especially if you're someone who already has bipolar and you'll constantly be told it's your bipolar one or two, or if you're someone already with depression and anxiety, you'll be told, oh, it's because you have depression and anxiety, um, when in fact, it's this this other thing. And it's actually quite nice to be told that it is another thing that unfortunately has happened to you. But you know, it, for me, I felt a lot of relief. Yeah, I believe it. So
1: do you typically take journals when you're kind of going through these depressive episodes or does Pavel kind of no- take notes for you like because I could imagine it would be hard to remember like when d- when is the last time I ate like
4: I don't uh <laughs> what to, no, you know like, what I mean I don't journal at all I actually just don't get out of bed I, I hate the idea of journaling. It has been suggested to me many a time by I'm not by suggesting many it. A s- I'm mostly just <laughs> No, impressed. no, no. But like I find it yeah, I wish I could and I'm sure it helps other people, but um yeah, I've had quite a few psychiatrists in my time be like, "Have you have you sort of journaling?" and it's like, "I can't even bring myself to write for my job let alone write for fun please I do not want to write for fun it is not fun (laughs) for me um but yeah no I don't I I don't do that uh so when I so when I was finally diagnosed the other issue that came up is that well what's the solution what's the cure here (laughs) um uh and typically it is for people to take antidepressants The issue for me is that my condition, bipolar 2, antidepressants tend to trigger manic episodes. Um, Well, howdy doody. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother layer. So it has been a bit of a tightrope walk. And a lot of people actually don't know this about bipolar. They think that people with bipolar do take antidepressants. Like antidepressants right. is like a catch-all for everything. And it's like, no, we can't, like I can't. It'll trigger, it, it triggers, hyper- I take lithium. You know, I take mood stabilizers. This is a mood disorder. It's very, it's very difficult to try and track the levels it reminds me of when I was first diagnosed with bipolar and we were trying to work out what different levels of lithium to take. What different, and that's always just really tough because you are either, you know, under-medicated or over-medicated and that can, you know, cause a lot of pain. Yeah, being on Lexapro.
1: That's what i All the stuff on. that people
4: talk about. Yeah, I people just started talk taking it. it. <laughs> I'm like part of a crew we're now we're med I love twins it. <laughs> oh
1: my god
4: because <laughs> i really i mean I, I there's a lot of people on on twitter who are bipolar and who take lithium but um the yeah the the the, the popular meds that I always hear of, <laughs> pop meds like, cool that I don't take. Lexapro, Selexa, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Like I'm just on the sides, being like, "Oh, you guys, yeah, no cool." <laughs> look yeah, at you
2: girl. they do sound like popular girl names. Lexa. <laughs> but, so true. But like
4: everyone talks about them, which is great. I love how everyone talks about them. I love I. I personally love all the memes and the funny tweets about, like, antidepressants, but I'm always just on the outside being like, yeah, so, yeah, me, me, (laughs) also, maybe. Me adjacent. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Me adjacent.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, for the past few months, I've been on Lexapro, and it has triggered manic episodes uh, sadly, hypermanic episodes. Um, I'm very lucky that uh, my husband is able to pick up on when they are starting. So as my psychiatrist, they can catch that very early and then I'll have to come off it. And sometimes I have to up the lithium to offset the hypermania that was triggered by the Lexapro. Um, so. It sounds like a lot of maths with an S. <laughs> and, yeah. and thank you, thank you so much for saying maths I Wow, really-
2: <laughs> throwback to the last episode I appreciate Vanessa. it, I appreciate it Forgot all about maths Bicious,
3: vicious, vicious,
2: vicious So I was going to ask about your husband Pavel When you were going through this like, And you realized it was your period that caused it what was Pavel's reaction? I I'm just like curious of like, if people that don't have periods are just like, what do they think about that? I don't know. Like, would he rather have it be your period, like your cycle, than I don't know. Like,
4: uh, I I I honestly can't remember what his reaction was. It was probably, oh dang,
1: oh dang, oh dang,
0: <laughs> which is how he responded when you found out you were pregnant. Yeah. Oh, dang. Um, <laughs> isn't yeah universal. I, it works for everything. So. I guess
4: for Pavel, he's just like, well, why not? What's another one going to do? You know? <laughs> Throw another one on the pile. Um, he's just very, I, I guess that he's, you know, he was happy that we found out what it was because it. it is hard um, when your spouse or partner is out for two weeks like just can't contribute can't do anything I I couldn't leave the bed um and that's and that's rough it's rough for when you have a kid as well uh, on like you know he's just glad that it's been diagnosed and that we're taking steps towards making sure that it's it's manageable because I really don't care about being happy I, I just don't give it, like in terms of like taking antidepressants to be happy, that's not a thing. Um, you or like to take medication to be happy. I just want to be able to manage. Mm-hmm. I do just want to be able to, um, you know, be productive. That's my aim. That's my goal with everything. Um, it's a whole work in progress. I was just going to say, I talk a lot about not getting out of bed, but I, I do want to talk about rage as well that's a a huge part of it and that's a that's a one of the I think differentiators again like every you know I don't want to say that this is the thing because everyone experiences it differently um but in my research I have I have found that it can send women into psychosis
2: yeah Mm -hmm. let's talk so one of the things um like I said earlier about when we had a ma- um Allison Page on, she you know did this kind of like silly romp through like true crime and periods involved in true crime, and then at the end she talked about and everyone should go back and listen to that episode um, about in the '80s there was a London bartender who stabbed a coworker, and she got off because her defense pleaded that. Uh, she, her, she, they could prove that her violence had been cyclical. Like she had been violent for other, like arson and stuff too. And that like her period made her filled, filled her with rage. And so she just got a manslaughter charge. And then there were other cases that I found in the nineties, 1991, a woman was pulled over for erratic driving and she threatened the police officer. She, it was found that PMS or PMDD was a mitigating factor there was a woman in Brooklyn accused of like harming her child, the same thing. And so it's like, they're super rare, but they're also like, it's scary. And yeah, what is, how has that affected you? It's terrifying. And are terrifying. you scared about I that? I think
4: that, um, and again, it was the same with the postpartum thyroiditis, which is relatively rare that does affect your uh, thyroid stimulating hormone. Um, and I talked about it this, this before. On, uh, when I was on before but that really fucks you up and I think that when people talk about thyroids and hormones it's almost in wider society kind of dismissed as almost like a, a because of like oh it's just the hormones or like you know you silly PMS and oh you're on your period and all of that and so the idea that a uh, A radical change in your hormones and being changed at a cellular level, the gravity of that is just kind of bundled in with the jokes that people make about having a period or having hormones, like, you know, hormonal changes. This is a a very real thing that does flip a switch in your brain. That's what it felt like for me that I went from being someone with bipolar who was mainly just sad all the time, (laughs) didn't have any you know, real violent tendencies or anything to someone who was now feeling uh, violent and becoming the stereotype of mental illness that I fought so hard Mm. against. That was very difficult to reconcile because I had been like, you know, people with mental illnesses on the whole are not violent people and are often more the victims of violence than anything else. And here I was, with this condition that I didn't even know I had yet, feeling these feel these feelings, feeling ashamed, feeling guilty, but also um, had a rage that was so burning, and I was scared to talk about it. I was really scared to say, well, these are the things that I'm feeling, because you don't want it to be dismissed, and you also don't want people to recoil in horror, and you also don't want to be part of the stigma. The rage definitely feels like lightning in your veins. With PMDD, uh, I have not experienced a psychotic episode with PMDD. Um, I have had rage, but I haven't had violent thoughts about anyone else other than myself. It also, PMDD doesn't happen every single cycle i don't Mm. believe i know we have these these you know these stories of 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 the past of women killing people and and um getting off for it and and all of that but uh yeah it's it's really it's really terrifying Hmm. are Are we laughing yet oh i've got a good question i'm having a great time
1: I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm laughing inside. This is a question inside. that okay. I have for you. How <laughs> does Scream your, your heart. How does- <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. It's the best. <laughs> um. How does your PMGD play into your bipolar two? Are they friends? Okay. I've got some options for you. Are they friends, enemies, frenemies, acquaintances, or the kind of friend where you haven't spoken in a while, but if you get together, you pick up right where you left off?
4: Uh... Great question. I think it's none of them. I do okay. feel like they are like, what do you guys call it? Like track buddies, like just handing over the baton. <laughs> mm, sure, oh, like relay race partners. Yeah, they're just and they're then like
1: synchronized dancers. The other one goes ice dancers or something. So
4: they just <laughs> tag like, team. They just like they tag team.
1: Just just tag just in, tagging in. Tagging also like
4: wrestlers, okay. like you can just tag in and tag out. They're work um, buddies. I think they're work that's- buddies. I, I, it's very important to me, Meg Hayes, that you understand the tag in, tag no, out. No, I got it, I got it. <laughs> like the, it, but, It's like the night shift guy
0: handing the Right, keys if to that's going to be the co-workers,
4: it's a night shift to day shift, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. Ships in the night, they don't really know each other, but they do a similar job. Mm. <laughs> and they never leave the office unmanned. It oh, yeah. Like. Someone is there <laughs> all month
1: like if someone has a family conflict do they cover shifts that's what i want to know
4: <laughs> i feel like meg hayes you didn't understand it to begin with and now you have added something that doesn't make sense to anyone <laughs> no
5: she's
2: asking like let's say can they share let's clothes say, uh, uh, like are they
4: similar sites? <laughs>
2: I think that's a fair question. Like, if an aunt dies, <laughs> does the PMDD take over for bipolar? Exactly. While bipolar I'm sorry, is but going is this to... an
4: aunt in real life? Or what is, is this part of? The, no, it's, it's
2: bipolar's aunt.
4: <laughs> I Get with it, Amanda. They were very I close. Do... The aunt helped raise her. <laughs> if I haven't already made it clear, I do not have the mental faculties to deal
2: with this conversation. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a great, great analogy. And I'm loving it. Yeah, let's just. Um, I'm looking at our research doc, and I just want to so the listeners know treatments for PMDD. Antidepressants is number one, which you've talked about. Um, <clears throat> for some people, birth control pills work. Um, nutritional supplements. Uh, we, which we've kind of talked about in the past, like how hormonally, like your diet can like. Hope, maybe fix some hormone stuff, herbal remedies, and again, diet and lifestyle changes. Um, so those are other things, but yeah, it feels like it sounds like when it's that dire, you just kind of want you don't want to like,
4: is it dairy? Is it my dairy?
2: Or it's just like, I'm sure
4: it helps, but I've every time someone says lifestyle changes, I'm like, fuck you, I'm not changing (laughs) a fucking thing. I like my lifestyle, I'm not changing (laughs) a fucking thing and just just give me the drugs and let me live but I'm sure I I, and that's not saying that that's what everyone's attitude should be like but I feel this way about a lot of things like when I say when I say to my husband I feel ill and he says did you drink water today I'm like go and fucking die (laughs) do not ever tell do not ask me do not come to me And ask me if I've drunk some water? Disgusting. Disrespectful. And that's why, you know, and sadly, I'm annoying like that. So when people say, like, diet, exercise, lifestyle changes, I'm like, yes, but listen, this has changed my cells. Mm -hmm. This is a cell thing. This is a brain chemistry thing. I I just need the drugs honestly yeah. yeah give me the drugs i'll yeah. be out your hair you mm-hmm. know totally. no more talk of drinking
2: water
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's how i that's how i feel um it's very problematic please don't email these guys talking about how angry you are <laughs> how dare you be me. friends with this monster who doesn't drink water yeah like i don't care <laughs>
2: <laughs> um i've also read that some people um opt for hysterectomies because it's so bad that they just want it all out of their system. I can believe that. Um, I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, I know, I think last I heard there was, you were maybe going to have another baby that was maybe in the cards. Yeah.
4: Lord, who knows? You don't have
2: to go there, but would you think that that would be something that you would do down the line is full on hysterectomy? Yes.
4: Yes. I would absolutely do that. A hundred percent. Cool. I support that
2: but then also just like just make sure you yeah. drink a lot of water if you don't mind <laughs> yeah. like, it's really important all i
0: want is water fish now. oil, fish oil.
4: Fish, <laughs> oil. <laughs> fish oil get out of here fish oil leave me alone <laughs> uh, we should just text oh. amanda all of
1: these articles on like magnesium or some shit <laughs>
4: amanda i thought of you light therapy <laughs> honestly though yeah. it's the worst when they work because
0: <laughs> when, you have a glass of God, water?
4: when i have had in secret a glass of water and i feel better
1: you hiding in your closet <laughs> Ab- drinking abhorrent,
4: water abhorrent foul
2: pavel's like what are you doing you're like that's nothing. humiliating like
4: nothing. humiliating You have to then act ill (laughs) because, (laughs) oh my God. If you've ever had a glass of water and felt better after it, it it is the most humiliating experience of my life. (laughs) I
0: don't recommend it for anyone.
4: (laughs) Also just going out for a walk for a bit and then coming back, feeling just a little refreshed with a pep in your step. No, (laughs) no, that's how I feel. I like to come back from a walk looking fresh faced and then being like I still feel as though it's a it's a very work. rare disease. Yes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> don't think that that worked cuz I'm always cuz I don't want him to say it for the next time. I don't want there to be a track record of success <laughs> for water and exercise.
0: Yes. If you can do that, then I can absolutely be sassy to Kevin when I don't sleep well. And he's like, well, you know, taking a walk and and not having wine at dinner. I'm like, you don't know me. You can't
1: talk to
2: me
5: like that.
4: (laughs) I literally, I'm just like, go die. I can't bear you. I I just cannot. Uh, I feel like
0: you've already shined some light on how to detect what is maybe different about PMDD versus PMS. But what do you have, um, what advice would you give to bleeders who think this is sounding similar. And like, for instance, you've talked about how um, lucky you feel to have like a really good, like in-tune psychiatrist. Like, what's your advice for people who do have that or who maybe don't have that? Like, are there good resources you know of? Is this too
4: too much to ask?
0: i saw your face you're
4: like oh. <laughs> what? uh what yeah i even hate being called like a mental health advocate or anyone yeah. <laughs> like that because i'm just i am not in any position to, to be giving advice but i think um what worked for for me was uh, as i said kind of noting down the the symptoms and uh, you know you can do it in like the clue app or or whatever if if you do want to write it down um and just looking for patterns to see if this is something that happens up to two weeks it could be just a week it could be 10 days or two weeks um and yeah doing that for a few months and then going to see someone about it a doctor about it yeah I really hope that anyone listening to this is just like I have these very strong suicidal thoughts I have this anger I have it it is debilitating for me um I'm a I'm a huge proponent of that book because of the gaslighting that goes on within uh, the medical community. Um, so a, as much evidence, sa- sadly, you know, you have to like present it like a fucking court case. But if you can show that this is the way that you've been feeling, um, you could do that. And especially if anyone uh, is listening who has bipolar and gets periods, I, you know, I hope this or has depression and 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 has periods. Uh, yeah. I hope this helps because it it, is—it's—it's even harder for us to to detect whether you know this is a a, this is a mental illness thing or is this a a period based thing.
2: And I imagine, like, for you, for someone who's like. Come to terms, so to speak, about like mental illness and how you know it's just a part of you. It's it's something in your brain. It's not anything you can control. You've uh, assuming, like I assume you've sort of accepted that about PMDD. Like it's just it's a cellular thing. You can't help it. But I imagine what a lot of people come again come up against is like the sort of stigma about periods. Like oh, you're just a crazy woman. Mm. You know, it's just mm. like you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people probably, their partners and their family probably have a really hard time like wrapping their head around that. But thankfully, I think you're around people that have, that know me- how mental illness already kind of works.
4: Um, yes. And I think that, I guess, because I've been uh, aware uh, and and have been diagnosed with bipolar for going on seven, seven, eight years now, um, have become very in tune with by mental health with my condition and it can be terrifying it can be terrifying if you're someone who you know has not suffered from depression before or if you're in denial of depression or if you're surrounded by people who don't believe mental illness is real it is very hard to come to terms with it so for someone like myself who has to come to terms with it I I, you know it must be incredibly tough uh for for this to just be sprung on someone and now they have to deal with it and they don't know and they feel alone. And as you said, you feel like you're going crazy. And I, you know, I hate that term, but it is is true. You do feel, um, you never feel like, oh, this is a normal medical condition that can be treated with regular X, Y, and Z. That's not a rational thing that goes through your mind when you're experiencing something as um, devastating and as scary as something like this. You just purely feel that you're going crazy. You do not have the capacity to, you, you, do, you don't have the, the perspective even to, to to step away from it and say, oh, maybe this is this. Oh, maybe I have depression. Maybe I this is something like, you don't have that strength built up yet because it consumes you. You don't have the, the, the self-awareness and you're not in tune. I mean, it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but it's something that happens every day. And as I said, again, like 90%, 90% are uh, go undiagnosed. It's wild. And 90% go undiagnosed because a lot of people are in that state. In that state of terror and, and, and shame and guilt or that, you know, they don't have the support system there. Yeah, again, I've forgotten what I was talking about, yeah, but, no. you know, sounded <laughs> great. I think it, it, really it kind of just... <laughs>
2: I think it just goes to show you, like we talk a lot on this show about um, advocating for your body, like speaking up to doctors, telling your gynecologist what feels different. And I think this, what we're learning from this talk, is that like the same goes for your brain. Like mm-hmm. if your brain feels different, no matter what time of cycle or time of day or anything, it's like speak up about yeah. it because you're the expert of your body. Right.
4: I think one thing, if 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 people can do this, uh, to see a perinatal psychiatrist so i only found out about them very late i didn't know anything about perinatal psychiatrists they help with uh, mental health during pregnancy and, and childbirth and postpartum and i think that they probably have a lot of insight into hormonal changes that happen in postpartum and they they could talk more to uh pmdd as well so if you can find a perinatal psychologist to to talk to um yeah, I would, I would do that as well.
2: As someone who is four and a half months from having a baby, um, talking to you, Amanda, is equally so um, comforting to know that there, I have a friend to talk through this stuff with, but also fucking terrifying.
4: (laughs) You should just wait till the invoice comes in, Kate. That's fucking (laughs) terrifying. I'm not doing this shit for free. I've been billable hours. Oh, boy. Um, All
2: right. We'll just hook up our our text message right to Venmo. I would
4: definitely (laughs) rather be more horrified and terrified before anything happens than when it does happen and you cannot process it or there's no warning. I would rather you end up being like, oh, all that stuff Amanda said was nothing. That that (laughs) doesn't even happen. just going to terrorize you until you give birth.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I appreciate that.
1: Because like you said, Amanda, when you're there, it's so hard to even tell. Like I went through kind of like a, a situation a month or so ago where it wasn't until after that I was talking to my therapist where we were both like, oh, that's what was going on. And I had no friggin' idea, even though there were all these things that were kind of connected to previous things that I had gone through. I was like. It feels so obvious now looking back, but I had no yeah. damn idea. Yeah. In the it's moment. very hard so, to
4: it's definitely it's very helpful. hard to separate yourself if you are not um accustomed to like living living that that way all the time. Um Yeah. So yeah. yes. And when you don't catch it early too, like because I feel like I had
1: caught it early before, but this one I just fully yeah. fell into.
4: and it this can spiral. Intense yeah. panic. It's it's yeah. it's horrible. And like with a newborn, when your life is already turned upside down with a newborn, and then your life is turned upside down because you've had these hormonal changes and you have psychosis, it's terrifying for the whole time. You know, throughout my pregnancy. They would barely talk about postpartum depression, let alone psychosis. They would give you, like, yeah. a one-sheeter or a leaflet and then just be like, okay, I don't – we're not going to talk about it anymore. Let's talk about your cervix. And it's like, wait, 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 hang on. <laughs> you know, like – t- and also, like, I absolutely hate these child classes because it's it's almost like a sex ed class where you're just, like, watching, like, a baby – like, you know, the baby going through the canal, and it's like, wait, well, well, I'm not delivering this baby. I don't need to know all this. (laughs) Like, I would rather you tell me about when my mind is going to get, you know, fucked three ways to Sunday. So like, I, I just, I want you to know that, well, I want to terrorize you. But I also want you to keep that in mind, is that whatever you're feeling, it is most likely normal, and it has definitely happened to someone else. Because when you're in that moment, whether it's PMDD, postpartum psychosis, or depression, you always feel like you are the only one this is happening to. Um, if you can just remember that someone else has gone through this, it's uh, it's a real like life boat, boat vest, yeah, sure, cool raft. I'm gonna go with that pool noodle yeah, yeah. the life pool noodle yeah. um
2: floaties
0: it's arm floaties
2: <laughs> question juan if your period your period like your period could order anything for comfort food purposes what would it order to eat uh
4: man I feel like my period would have like just like a bowl of cockroaches or something like that (laughs) (laughs) i did
2: not see that coming i did not see that coming and i love (laughs) it
1: oh my
0: god wow um okay my second question um if which television character is your period most like Who, who who on television does your period identify with your bowl of cockroach eating period. Oh.
2: <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be like Amorosa yeah. or something like I some just, villain I'm from just, reality TV. Yeah.
4: I'm just <laughs> maybe uh Dexter?
2: <laughs> Loving
1: yeah. that answer.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Uh okay, if your if a film was made about your period what would be the title it could of be of an a, existing film it could be existing or you could make it up parasite <laughs>
2: good <laughs> so good so, so good. Good.
1: Good, title. good good period
2: <laughs> where can our listeners find you amanda if they want to follow your wit
4: uh don't don't ever find me i'm <laughs> i don't want to know i'm on twitter at amanda rosenberg don't ever tweet at me. I, I, <laughs> and don't follow me. Don't, don't follow me. <laughs> don't tweet at me. I hate that hell site, and even though I'm on it all the time. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Your account no. gives
0: me life, so I'll tell the bleeders that they should follow you because it is very satisfying to see what you say.
4: <laughs> Honestly... I I am such a fan, and I love you guys. And this is, and like, I I honestly I honestly hope this helps at least one person because uh, I think more too. people should know about it. Um, so yeah, thank you for like giving me a, a a platform to 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 shout about it. I I do really appreciate it genuinely.
1: And the next time you get a different type of depression, we'll yeah. be here, talk Amanda. About it.
4: <laughs> and you can go talk about and it. We're gonna get like I have post-menopausal <laughs> bipolar five. I cannot wait because I should be getting an award soon, right? You like, really this deserve is it. lifetime achievement material uh, that I feel great. like at the at the mentals. I should be mm. like. <laughs> I do I do often think about winning an award for mental illness that's the one that I'm gunning for and I just say lifetime achievement this is so this is so expected um (laughs) yeah I I, I, you know I really earned it I feel like I earned it I want to thank literally no one because this is all me Uh, Because I've had to live through it, but yeah, that's what I do. I I fantasize (laughs) about. I thank
1: myself. Absolutely managed
4: most publicly, Amanda Rosenberg.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was a great interview. I'm so glad we had Amanda on. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being on with us. We are followed also by on Instagram by someone with a handle, no more PMDD. I believe is her handle. Yeah, and she got wind that we were doing a. an episode on this and so she wanted to call in and leave a message so here are is the phone call from someone else who has experienced premenstrual dysphoric disorder
5: hi my name is lately I'm calling about the PMDD episode um so I had PMDD for 22 years undiagnosed Whoa. I knew something was wrong when I was like very young maybe 15 16 wow. and none of my doctors ever bothered to investigate it so many times I went to the doctor and they said here yeah, take some birth control pills, it'll help everything. It's, it's a band-aid for everything. And um, I was on it for several years, nothing ever helped. And I kept asking like, please, can we do some tests, some imaging, some blood work, anything? And they were like, no, that's all very expensive. We're not gonna do any tests. So you just have to um, either, t- if this birth control doesn't work, try a different one. And I tried that for several years and it finally got so bad that I got put on antidepressants and we tried different kinds of those, SSRIs, SNRIs. Um, at one point I was on lithium because they thought that I was bipolar. They thought I was borderline. They thought it was just wow. really bad chronic depression. Mm-hmm. Um and I just couldn't get the help that I needed. I didn't really know what was wrong with me because of course they don't tell you these things. In school, you never learn about your own body really. So um, finally, finally, 22 years later, um, I found a psychiatric nurse practitioner and she was able to help me. So a lot of my symptoms were emotional and mental um lots of brain fog very heavy depression normally i am depressed all the time anyways so during that part of my cycle it was so much worse until it started getting progressively worse because pmdd usually gets worse with age um in my late 20s and early 30s i became very suicidal And that changed from suicidal ideation into wanting to actually take action. So luckily, I'm a survivor. I was able to get the help that I need. Um, I had a full hysterectomy at the age of 35. I have no regrets. It totally saved my life. That procedure is not for everyone. And it's not available to everyone. But I would suggest if you think that you have this and you've tried everything else, that could be an option for you, and it's worth it to try to find a doctor that will talk to you about it. So <laughs> there's your survivor story. I'm totally happy with my life now. Um, I'm I'm not all 100% better. I still have my bad days, but a lot of that is learning to live my life without PMDD when I had my whole life before me with PMDD. Um, it ruined all of my relationships. <laughs> I couldn't keep a job. I was... A horrible mother <laughs> I lost all my good friends
2: um, it's scary wow that's so tough so thank you so much for calling and then I believe she did follow up with an Instagram message Meg T
0: she did because it's such it's like I mean she so because I'm remembering back I actually reached out to her because um, oh, okay we had been following each other and you know like-minded Instagram accounts You keep tabs on each other. Um, And so when I knew we were doing a PMDD episode, I was like, oh, hey, you probably have thoughts. Um, So then she messaged to say, you know, I kind of talked about the journey to get diagnosed um, and the treatment. But uh, she she wanted to expand a little bit more. And she talked about physical symptoms. Um, uh, She said that she had horrible cramps and back pain, sore breasts, bloating, nausea that turned into vomiting, oral migraines, like um, oral uh mm-hmm. yeah the, like what the, you have the one i yeah what i have yeah. the, the vision vision my yeah. eye grains oh whoa good one someone i think someone like else a, uh, I, I i don't think i can claim that i think someone at my work came up with that that's pretty cute brilliant. it's pretty cute um and um really irregular cycle um mood swings intense rage insomnia fatigue heightened depression paranoia um So, I mean, she just, it's like a barrage of symptoms. Um, The other thing she talked about that I hadn't heard this phrase before and I thought was pretty interesting. She said, I experienced depersonalization and lost time to it. And so I looked up depersonalization and it's a sense of experiencing one's own behavior, thoughts and feelings from a dreamlike distance. Oh, interesting. Like out of body almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she said that PMDD put me at greater risk of abuse. Um, and then one, and you know, the, her behavior and her decisions were totally impacted and, you know, dealt with substance and gaslighting herself. And, um, and she said once the PMDD had passed, I genuinely could not recall why I had done those things. It was like being completely out of control of your own life. Wow. Super intense. I love how
1: she says like that she's a survivor and that a hysterectomy saved her life. And like, it's, it's not, I've never thought of a a hysterectomy being able to do that for this type of affliction, but it truly is like life saving measures. For her, it was mental health related, but it's just a reminder that Like our reproductive health is so much more complex than we can even fully grasp. Like with our, that's the beauty of this show is that like our world expands with learning about so many different people's experiences with their uterus. And it's just a reminder, like there's so many things that we have to deal with Um And like she said, you don't get a heads up in school. Hey, if you feel horribly depressed on your period, you might have this thing. I mean, we hardly I didn't even know what a fucking uterus was at fucking 33.
0: Well, and Um, Lely and Amanda talk about it where it's like, oh, I guess this is just what really bad PMS is. I guess, you know, everyone says suck it up. Like, yeah, I have mood swings and cramps, too. And you're like. Okay, I guess, you know, if I say it's really bad, someone's like, I guess you're just weak then. Yeah, it's really bad for you. Really bad needs to actually start having some medical weight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The last thing that she leaves us with, which I think is helpful and good to know if anyone is listening to this, um, and it resonates," uh, she says. "I wanted to reiterate that there is hope. There are several accepted PMDD treatments now, and she says to check out the International Association for Premenstrual Disorders. Um, she says their website is very helpful, and they have a great team of scientists and researchers. Cool. Um, but <sighs> also, just follow No More PMDD on Instagram. Um, you can learn more about Laili and um, support more people destigmatizing menstruation." And the things that happen around it.
1: And if this sounds like you, go to your doctor. And if your doctor, like, is dismissive, then find another doctor. And have your friends help you coach you through finding another doctor because I know it's hard but like and if that doctor doesn't help you then call us and we call will, us and we'll find we'll you tr- like a new doctor we'll troll that doctor until yeah. they hear honestly from you. like I would happily fi- help people find new doctors or coach them through it because I can it's... be very
2: scary online
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I
1: will send
0: um, aff- affirmations because uh, I we can't honestly, be scary on
1: phone. you guys we honestly will do this because I will tell you changing a new doctor for me was so helpful Mm. um and if you're suffering from something this intense like you owe it to yourself to lean on your community of friends to help you like get the help you need Um, and we're your friends yeah Yeah. um
2: thank you so much Lely for for messaging and calling in and Amanda Rosenberg you're always welcome back we miss you you're the
0: best of the best uh, well, that's it for us. I hope uh, this was useful and uh, and thank you for listening. If you like us, as always, you can rate us on iTunes. We'd love it so much. Um, and if you have a PMDD story, questions for Dr. Kate who will be joining us later on um, in the season, call 9106 uterus. And uh, find us on Instagram. We're always there posting silly and sometimes real content. Um, And until next week, just remember to keep calm. And and bleed
1: bleed
3: everywhere. everywhere.